0: Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey friend, and welcome to today's show. I'm David, as he said, and uh, today's going to be a good episode. It's going to be a little bit of a best of. We're going back uh, two years, goodness me, because we are at episode 105, and we're going back to episode 24 today. Now don't tune out, don't tune out yet. Um if you haven't listened to it already or maybe you have before it's a great conversation I have sitting down with uh, some lighting friends and we talk about color. We talk about how to use color, what colors we like, what colors we don't like. And I think you'll hear in the conversation uh, three different lighting people with three different backgrounds. Come together and, and share a lot of really cool stuff. But before we get there, I am so late to the game. Okay, so I finally watched Hamilton. And I know some of you guys are probably um, putting your hand, uh, you know, face palming. Um, but gosh, I mean, goodness, we had a kid earlier this year, you know, our second son. I've mentioned that here before. And goodness, it is hard to get things done sometimes. Um, but so, <laughs> so we had a kid. No, so... I watched Hamilton, you know, as many of you guys know, it came out on Disney+, Plus. um, I believe at the start of July, start of June, who knows when it came out. Um, But I finally got around to watching the thing. And oh my goodness, if you have not watched Hamilton the musical, um, go and watch it, seriously. Um, Wow. Like, I knew there was a lot of buzz around it. I knew people that like musicals and even people who don't were excited about it, but especially the people who love musicals. And I love the theater. And I love lighting. And I gotta tell you, go watch it just go watch it um because not only is the lighting design really great um and it stretched me you know just watching it because my background though i've done some smaller theater shows is mostly in the music or other live production space um so it stretched me in some ways because i'm used to lighting a stage a lot of the time and whether it's the front man for the band or the people all across the stage for a corporate event or a church service i'm used to lighting everyone really evenly and this show doesn't do that. The lighting, the front wash is not super even from side of stage to side of stage. But it's so gripping, so emotional, just drags you in, puts things in the foreground that, sh- that they want you to focus on, shoves things to the back. And they do an incredible job with the lighting on the floor, too. It just always looks amazing. Um, and gosh, there's a few things theatrically that this show does that, that just blow me away. Um, one is that You'll notice, um, in the show, it doesn't take long to figure this out, that almost the entire show is sung. There are very few spoken words. Most of it is done via song. And that really holds your attention well, and it's different than what we've seen before. Um, another cool thing is that there are f- little to no blackouts, meaning places where the light goes completely dark on stage and they shove things around to do a scene change. Instead, they shift your focus around the stage, and they make use of this awesome huge turntable in the center of their stage to move props on and off in stage, to set scenes, to move things around, etc. And so overall, just wow, incredible show. So interesting. Oh, I've been bopping to the music here today, too. It's just really powerful, um, and what I love is to just kind of the the nerd the teaching nerd side of me as I've you know grown learned stage lighting as I try to learn everything I can about teaching is that this is a historical play right it's about history and it's mostly mostly accurate from what I can tell. And um, you know what I love about it is gosh, it's gripping and it tells the story in a new way and is aimed at people who maybe wouldn't sit down and read a history book. And I think that's awesome. That's so good. And I think we can do that with so many other art forms. But anyways, I digress. Um, I uh, today's interview, guys. This is this was such a good one. It's an earlier podcast twenty four. So I know a lot of you guys weren't here for it, but I would love for you to check it out. So here it is. Let's talk about color. Let's talk about how we use colors in our lighting. And uh, I hope you learn a few things about color from today's show. I I'm, I'm pre-recording this just a little bit. And I'm actually sharing with you an interview that I did just a few weeks ago. Now, I met with the fine folks from NTEC at Sweetwater's Gear Fest, which is an annual, uh, basically a trade show, a celebration of music at trade show, and, and a really cool uh, thing that Sweetwater does in the middle of Indiana, where they're based. And so we all trekked up there, met up together for the trade show, and um, we also talked about lighting. And So we took two episodes there, and I want to share the first one with you today because this one is all about color. And so I think you're really going to enjoy it. As always, guys, before we dive in, a quick thing that I want to remind you about is that if you have enjoyed this show, head over to LearnStageLighting.com slash iTunes and uh, head over either to the iTunes store if you're an Apple person or if you're not, uh, head over to Stitcher and uh, find yourself the review box and leave in there something that you learned learn today um, in the rest of this podcast and uh, give it, the show a star rating, uh, whatever you think it deserves. I love the feedback. And most importantly, iTunes and Stitcher love it and help share this, the show with more people. So with that, guys, let's dive in to this interview where we're going to be talking about color. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's main segment. Today, I'm really excited. I'm here actually recording in the middle of Indiana at Sweetwater's Gear Fest with some fine folks here from Entech. So we've got Crystal here, who is the new business manager, and James here who is the technical support and warehouse guy. And today, we're going to dive in, not because this is a promotion or anything like that, because if you listen here, you know that I'm not into that, but I do like talking to manufacturers because they have a lot of valuable insight and a lot of important things to say. And so, both these folks have worked with lighting, have worked with music, have worked in theater, other places, and have a lot to put forward in today's conversation. So, in today's main segment, we're talking about What colors should I use in my lighting? So, James, why don't we start with you, and why don't you tell us why you don't like the color green?
1: (laughs) I don't like the color green because I was told at a young age and found to be true that when you use the color green, at least to light your subject, like, say, a band or something like that from the front at your key lighting, Um, that green makes the skin look somewhat jaundiced and makes the, uh, subject look kind of unwell. Um, so I've always been told to avoid that at all costs.
0: Yeah. So I think that's a really great perspective, but it's important to know that you can use green, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. You can use green. Um, green is actually a really great, um, accent color for side lighting, back lightings, um, and you know, honestly, it can be a front light in certain situations. You have to remember that what we think of green, though, is sometimes can be very expanded upon, right? Green in a gel book, when you're talking about lighting colors, isn't just forest green that you're used to he- seeing or primary green that you're seeing in a hundred percent green LED. There is a full range of greens that are available and sometimes are really beautiful, um, you know, leafy greens and pale greens that can be really great, um, as an accent light, um, to bring out lots of other uh, great, you know, looks in people.
0: Yeah. Green and purple is actually one of my favorites really that I like using together because it looks awesome, I think. And it's not, you know, sometimes I think in the world of lighting, people have heard, you know, don't use green. And so they don't use green, and so that means when you do use green, it, it can sometimes look a little surprising. People aren't as used to seeing it as much as, you know, red and blue, <laughs> you know, right? But it really can make a difference. So, um, I will say green is a very important, uh, part
1: of the RGB spectrum of colors in that when you throw a little green in with your red, you get a really beautiful, deep amber. And when you mix your green and your blue, uh, you get a cyan that's just incredible. And I do love that, uh, especially mixed with, like you said, a magenta. Uh, those two colors together are really fantastic. I like those a lot.
0: Awesome. So when we're, when we're starting with color, one of the questions that I get from people, uh, a fair amount is, okay, I've got this song, this, Mid tempo, slow tempo, fast tempo, whatever song it is, you know, if you're lighting music that I'm thinking about, what color should I use? And how do I figure out what colors to use in a given song? I know that's kind of an ambiguous question, but I kind of want to hear what your answers are just to, to kind of expound upon it and, uh, you know, see what we can come up with here.
1: That's a good, that's a really good question. Uh, I love to listen to a song. Uh, at least a couple times if I have the opportunity before trying to apply lights to it so that I can get a feel of the sort of energy in the song because and everyone's probably different when it comes to this, but I'll hear a certain song and I will think this is like Reds and Ambers all the way and I'll hear a different song and I'll be like, oh, this has got to be blue. This is absolutely got to be blue. And I love the ultraviolet aspects of a blue, like mm-hmm. a straight up blue stage will make things glow that you didn't know were there before. So, yeah, I think it's contextual, really, that the, the choice is there.
2: And, you know, color context is 100 percent dependent on the person. Um, You know, we have um associations with colors. Different depending on, you know, how we grew up, what country we're from, you know, all that sort of thing. Color theory is, you know, there's definitely red. You're always going to kind of think anger or heat, hot, you know. There's certain things that culturally we've kind of been taught as we grow up. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of great uh, books and, and articles out there on color theory and how internally, subconsciously colors make us feel as a person. So like what James is saying is listen to the song and, you know, what do you go to? naturally as you the person designing the lights because you may go to pink and and i may go to blue or green or purple or whatever um but your audience is going to go you know kind of wherever you lead them you know and the tempo of the music obviously so i think it's it doesn't really have to hit any hard fast rules where you know up tempo is red and 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 mid tempo is you know blue and slow as dark blue. You know, it's, it's whatever you're feeling. If you get goosebumps in that chair while you're making the looks on stage, that's it. Your body will tell you, you know, what, what's good. Cause you'll go, wow,
0: yeah. And if, you know, <laughs> I always bring in the, this, you know, size, but if someone's paying you to do the lighting and they say they don't like that color, then, you know, you might have to change it. But, but other than that, but if you're lighting for your own, you know, band or, or you have final creative control, then, then I think that's great advice. And I was going to bring that up. You know, if you're punting lighting on the fly, okay, you might make all the slow songs blue. You know, you've never seen the band before, whatever. That's the safe go to. But if you're programming lights for music, you know, and it's a band or a church worship thing or or whatever you're working with, don't feel like you have to go to blue when the song gets slow. Just like you were saying, Crystal, mm-hmm. like you could have a killer pink slow song. Yeah. Pink doesn't have to be a fast song color, you know?
1: And this is probably a good time to also talk about intensity as well, because One of the traps I used to fall into a lot was that I felt like everything always had to be bold and and upfront, Um, but there are parts of songs where you're going to want things to be very, very dimly lit, and that can have as much an emotional impact on the audience as the color itself would.
0: Yeah, I I talk about this from time to time, and I I actually talked about this just a few podcasts ago that, you know, sometimes the people paying for the lighting want to see every light on all the time. Right, you know, but if you keep some lights off for a good bit of a time or much dimmer, it can really create a bigger impact at those times you really want to create a big impact on the stage. And so I think that's a valid thing to think about as well.
2: Yeah, sometimes when they say it's too bright, you know, or or add more, add more, what you really have to do is take away. Um, And something that I think we should touch on as well is contrast. Um, you know, contrast is something that's very important when you're talking about color of light, because you put one, you know, and it's warms and cools and the whole pastel range and all of that, you put one next to another and suddenly that light pink is really hot and like bright because it's next to something that's very contrasty. Um, so anytime you're doing lighting, you want to make sure that you've got a level of contrast on your subject, whether that be a set um, a person, you know, an object, whatever. Um, cause the contrast is what allows our eyes to see the colors and to pop out from the, the figure. Um, so contrast is really important, whether that be a warm, cool, a warm and a cool, you know, a bright and a dark, uh, something that's a 50% versus full, uh, contrast is very key when you're talking about colors.
0: Yeah, one of the things I actually think about there is a lot of metal bands. If you look at the lighting for metal, you know, one thing they often do that you can use in other disciplines and other types of music is also the contrast over time throughout the set. Whereas you might have a slower song, you might go kind of monochromatic or even, you know, not even really saturated. I mean, you can do a slow song with just some white front light. And as long as the band's good, then it's going to look good. If the band's not good, you might need to do something to help them out. But, you know, but if the band's good, you could do a whole song, you know, in white. And then when you bring the color back in, it's, it's that much more impactful, just as, as you were talking about.
2: One thing that I want to bring up really quickly, because this is something I struggled with when I was a young lighting designer was, and this is pre LED. So you guys have way more choices than we did when I started. Um, but you know, when, when I started, there was no LEDs and we had gel and we put gel on everything. And there were several companies of gel books and the amount of choices was just overwhelming. Like I would work myself into a panic, you know, trying to pick a pink and there's 17 pinks and it's literally one shade or a half a shade difference. And I'm like, which one, which one? Mm -hmm. And I'd literally like stay up all night. Worrying about it. And what I say, what I want to tell, you know, designers who are just starting, um, or young designers is go find a gel book because you now with LEDs have so many options and you don't have time, especially if you're working with a client to sit there and over analyze them as I did so many times. So grab a gel book. Find one from your local supplier. Order one from the manufacturers that make all the different gel. Everybody's got a gel book. Pick one. I can tell you that certain manufacturers are going to have more colors in their book. That's not necessarily the best option. Find one that's somewhere in the middle, or if you have a local place and that's what they have available for you for free, gel books, you should never pay for them. They're free. Um, you know, grab the one that you can get your hands on the most. Go through that gel book. And if there are seven pinks, pick three. Pick a, a, a light one, a middle one you know, a hot one, whatever, narrow it down. Because when you get to your console and you have these LEDs and you've got 17,000 options, you can go back to that list of your top 20 colors. And it's going to make your life a lot better as you're starting. And eventually you'll go through and you'll find the colors that are your favorite. You know, I have my favorite greens and my favorite pinks and, you know, but to start with, Go through the gel book where you don't have an RGB mix of a million colors or an RGBW mix and just go through and say, that one's really nice and that one's really nice, you know, and narrow it down and start with those for your gigs. And you make like a quick sheet reference almost, um, for all of your shows. And there's, it's going to be enough. So when you're overwhelmed, sometimes you, you take, take a long time. And-
1: that begs the question do you
2: guys know of any resources online
1: for uh rgb color combinations to emulate a particular gel
0: you know i think there are some calculators and there's some apps or maybe online calculators so we'll definitely uh, link to those in the show notes as well as the post on more stage lighting about using color there's a good post there um that i've got that really walks you through things if you're new to this or new to thinking about this um Oh, one other thing I was thinking about that's actually a, a real benefit of looking at a gel book, which is something I haven't actually opened up and found in the bottom of my drawer and, and looked at in a while, is when I first started with LEDs, when they were first coming in, you know, we were moving from gels to LEDs, which for me was pretty early in my career, but we had, you know, the Komar Par and the Color Blasts from Color Kinetics. They were both good lights, but being early LEDs, you could get like nine colors out of them that you could differentiate. And today, even in the RGB, even in three color units that are new and of decent quality, you can get a lot more nuanced shades of colors out of these units. And so one of the things we've been talking about, you know, don't use, we started off with don't use green, but then we started talking about, well, green shifts into blue, green shifts over towards yellow. All right. So if there is a little interruption in the audio, uh, housekeeping came by because we are in a hotel room and uh, they were asking if we need anything. And so, um, regardless, what I was talking about was with LEDs now, we actually have the ability to make, you know, I don't know how many 30 or more differentiable colors with a given LED unit. And so if you're in a situation where you're going to be designing over time, you know, you've got you know, maybe an installed venue, a church, a band you're working with the same gear all the time over months, you know, it's not just a quick in and out thing, then take that time to experiment with colors. Because I know I do a lot of corporate events as I've shared on here before, and those are pretty quick in and out a lot of times. And so I'm going to make their logo colors. And then if there's band or music or something, I'm making nine colors and I'm putting with it. But when you do have that more time, The newer LEDs have that great capability that they actually have a number of actual differentiatable colors. Just remember that if the sales representative from the LED company calls and he says, our LED makes 256 million colors or whatever that figure is when you multiply the numbers together, that's not actually true. But you can make a lot of colors these days and it's a really great thing. And so at this point in the conversation, I think we've kind of covered some Various things about color pretty well, but I want to break it up a little and ask you guys, what's your favorite color to use in lighting?
2: Hmm. That's a hard one. I like kind of the magenta and lavendery family. Um, yeah. I mean, a good, a good hot magenta is a great, you know, side color. I mean, it's it's a little warm, but it can be sultry, it can be sad. I mean, you know, it's it's it sits right there in the middle where it can cover multiple emotions. Again, depending on the context of what's being said in the, you know, conversation, sermon, you know, song or or words from a play. So that kind of ma- ma- uh, magenta E range of colors, I think is one of my favorites.
1: There's like a lighting Rorschach test. I don't know if I want to <laughs> reveal too much about my personality, uh, by answering this question, honestly. Um, well, I think, like I said before, uh, the, when I, with the lights that I use in some of the venues where I work, when I just bring up the blue and the green to full, that cyan that comes out is one of my favorite things in the world. Um, that said, what I do Depending on where I am, because every fixture is a little different. And I've noticed this particularly in places where I've used LED lights, uh, RGB, uh, from different manufacturers, mm-hmm. especially from different time periods, like a light made five years ago versus a light made last year. Um, I'll bring that red to full and then I'll just start to bring that green up until I get the most fiery amber. Um, and I think that amber is probably my favorite Mm. of all of them. Love that.
0: Awesome. Well, as I kind of noted, magenta is always my go to like test color and just color that I like. You know, I think it's a great color. Um, and I don't know if that says anything about us, but you know, it's fun to talk about for sure.
1: I have a color question that I'd like to throw out to everybody. Um, what I found in, in many of the venues where I've worked, where they have converted from incandescent to led fixtures, a hundred percent. Um, what I'm used to with a lot of the concert lighting that I've done, um, especially just setting up presets for venues so that other people can operate the lights and just choose. Um, I've always had a lot of difficulty trying to emulate that really nice incandescent sort of shade of Amber. Um, using an RGB fixture and I'm wondering if y'all have any experience or tips because I think a lot of people just want a front light where they can see the performers and then let all the colors be in the back. Um, So how do you go about coming up with just a, I mean, in a lot of the venues I work in, you can't just like shine an incandescent light on a white piece of paper and then try to emulate it with a light that's next to it. That's an RGB fixture. So like, how do you go about finding a good front light that is nice and warm on the skin for a variety of complexions, but not too saturated. What is it that you would say about an led trying to make a, a sort of inc- like a 3000 Kelvin kind of a warm light.
2: Well, this is why as we discover and or discover as more um, shades of diodes come into our industry, why the lights are getting better um, because the white in an, traditional RGB fixture is already so blue, um, the diodes actually aren't those colors. The diodes have a pigment um, added to it. So they're not natively those. It's almost like they're gelled. Right, like, it's similar
0: yeah. to a lighting gel where the diodes one color, especially like a white a LED that's white. They're usually actually a blue LED.
2: Mm-hmm. And then it's so the blue is the is the, the raw color. So when the white LED is activated, you're actually seeing a blue mm-hmm. that our eyes see as as quote unquote white. This is, again, the contrast when it's by itself. It may look pretty white, but you throw another color in there and suddenly it looks real blue. Yeah. yeah. Um. But they do make special gels. A lot of the uh, the theatrical companies out there um, have gels that are meant to gel LED colors, um, and they will help. Now, obviously, when you gel a fixture, you're stuck with what that combination can be made, you know, can make. Um, So that would be my suggestion is if you cannot bring in a fixture that is only going to be that front light, and that front light being a good skin tone color is very important, um, then you find a gel that makes a color that's good for you on the white diode when just white or all three are mixed together. And then you find out with that gel in what the rest of your colors, you know, what it does to them. Um, but they do make special LED gels. Um, so
1: is that to say that there's no magic combination of R, G, and B? That gets you into, like, the zone of a sort of good kind of incandescent-y looking color.
0: Yes. So so here's what's going on with LEDs. Is there what we call peaky in the way that they do color? So when you look at, basically, a spectral analysis of the color, it looks like a histogram on a camera, if you're familiar with that. If you're not, just just Google it, people out there in podcast land. And what a histogram shows you is it shows you, you know, all the way from red to blue or purple, you know, all the colors and how much energy is in each color. Usually you're looking through a lens of the camera and it says with what you're looking at, here's where the color lies and if it's clipping out, you know, if it's being oversaturated or undersaturated anywhere, you'll see that on the histogram. Well, when you look at an incandescent source on that spectral analysis, it's for the most part fairly evenish. There's a good bit of everything all the way across the color spectrum to make that white. When you look at an RGB LED, especially an old one, you get a big stripe at red, a big high peaky point, a big stripe at green, and a big stripe at blue. And so though you're mixing the three together and you're getting a white, quote-unquote, what's missing in between all those is why your eye sees it and says, that doesn't look as good as an incandescent. Now, one thing that I do like to recommend from people for, for people from time to time is if you want a quality white LED wash, buy a white-only unit. This is different than like an RGB plus W, but a unit that's just optimized for white because there's some good ones out there, and they keep coming down in price more and more, and then put an RGB can next to it, and you can have both and have the, the high quality of both.
2: Yeah, that, that would be my recommendation too, is dedicate a series of fixtures for that skin tone wash. Um, yeah, because you just can't do it with the, with the dot, di- you know, the colored diodes. Yeah. Some of the new ones, they're putting lime in there
0: too, in the color yeah. mixing to get more interesting whites, which is, it doesn't make sense, but you know, the, the really smart people and the scientists, they figured it out. Yeah.
1: That's good that you guys said that. Um, I was thinking about, you were talking about the histogram and with an RGB light, how there are those spikes of the red, the green and the blue. And I wonder, is that linked to with those old, those old lights when you would look at the shadow, how you could see three distinct shadows with different, uh, hues to them mm-hmm. when those lights were shining, a uh, like a little bit of this color, a little bit of this color, a little bit of that color. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: It is. That's slightly more on the scientific side it's slightly more a factor of how the lensing works but it's in that it's it's illustrative of that concept for sure
2: since you touched on i think it's important to bring up the the topic of skin tone when we're talking about color um because it's something that we often don't think about um but it is something that you definitely have to think about especially you know if you're in a, in a permanent venue where you're going to have a lot of different people rotating through. If you're lighting the same band because you're, that's your band and that's what you're primarily lighting, you know, hopefully your band isn't changing so often. <clears throat> um, but when you're working in a venue that the people are going to always change, how color affects skin tone is something that you need to be aware of, especially if you're not going to see the person or object on stage before um it before the actual event um so different skin tones as we get more oliver or paler like me and my ginger butt um i'm real pale you know james is kind of olive david somewhere in the middle um you know and then you know people of color they take color their skin takes color a different way um so you know if you're working in a venue where there's lots of different people coming through, it's something that you kind of need to be aware of, so that they don't walk on stage and you go, "Oh my god," <laughs> you know. So just a fact, it's just a fact. That- yeah, that's that's a really good point because
0: Beth, you know, when we all started with lighting, you and I at least, you know, we used incandescent fixtures. Yeah. Well, you turn it on, you leave it white, and it looks good on everybody. Yeah, right,
2: <laughs> because it's got that full spectrum yeah. in it. That's why
0: you want it,
1: and that's why it's so why people so badly want to emulate that we with the rgb led fixtures that are out
0: well and they want to it, it is a good quality light and so we're not saying it's because we're, we're used to incandescent it's because incandescent is a darn good quality light yeah. it looks good you know there's various things you can look at such as the cri which isn't as i listen to people and talk to people talk about these things there's also something called the CQI and the or the CQS and the TM something or other and all these are ways that that they're figuring out how to measure LEDs for color quality so that you're able to see on a spec sheet a little better uh, how these things look because right now it's not the wild west that it used to be you can tell some things from a specification but with a lot of these LEDs you really got to get in person and see it um if you want to be sure you know it's exactly what you thought it was right
1: and I would say, based on what we've been talking about and what one of the venues where I work did, uh, was to go out and find two par 64 incandescent fixtures so that no matter what you do with your front light with the LEDs, you have something that'll cut through it with that really nice yeah. incandescent light. Yeah.
2: Have you talked about mannequins or light ghosts in one of your previous podcasts before? Okay. Um, let's just touch on that. Yep. <clears throat> We're just gonna go all over the place here. Um so we have a term in the industry, light walkers, lighting ghosts, uh mannequins. There's a lot of different
0: And and this is great because you, Crystal, have a very theatrical background. I have a tiny bit of theatrical in my background, but you have a good bit and you have you have a master's, right? in something or other theatrical sorry not to butcher it but and so and so you really got a lot of formal training in that environment and and working with you know professional theater and so i think that's a unique perspective that a lot of people may not see if they're a band or a church but there's a lot that you can learn from it in those situations so anyways go yeah ahead. so
2: you know one of the things that to you don't really think about it when you're just living your life but we don't see light until it hits something so if you're uh programming a show without your people, without your set, without your whatever it, uh, for the for the performance or the event, you have to put something on stage in order to light. And you don't necessarily want your your talent pool to come in and walk around for hours, but you can use a variety of things around. Um if you are in a theatrical environment, go down to the costume shop and grab some of their uh mannequins or design forms. They are a like burlappy material and they take light beautifully. Um, if you don't have uh, anything around you, one of my favorite tricks uh, as I was working like off, off, off Broadway in New York is a ladder and a sheet. That's you what see. I was going to say. A mic, <laughs> <in> a, <laughs> a, a mic stand in a mic stand and a sweater. Stand <laughs> <in> a, yeah. <laughs> Any light fabric without a ton of graphics on it. It wants, it wants to be lighter because darker fabrics will absorb the color and you won't really get to see what's happening. Um, if you can find something similar to the color of whatever your person or cast is wearing, that's even better. Um, You know, because then you'll get a truer idea of what's actually going to happen. But you do not see light. We do not truly see light until it reflects off something back to us. So if you're just lighting a stage, you're lighting for the floor is what we call it. And your levels are going to be really off because the floor is super reflective. So if you're lighting for that instead of five to six feet above the floor... You're going to be not happy with the results once someone steps into that beam of light and reflects the light back to you. So we do not truly see light until it hits something, puts something on stage. Mic stands, sheets, chairs. I used to carry around this ridiculous rig where I could put a attachment to the top of a mic stand. It had two little hinges, and it would hinge it out, and it would make shoulders, and I could put (laughs) a costume on it. Yeah, yeah. you know, people go as far as to have a mannequin head with a wig that they h- l- lug around in the you know professional world, but you know anything like that. I use bartenders. <laughs> yeah, you know. Bad, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, but like any object that you can cover with a light piece of fabric, and if you've only got one, then move it around every once in a while. But if you can get three, then you can focus your f- forward plane, your middle plane, and your back plane. Um, just by moving them around throughout the day. And I promise you it will make your lighting better and it will make you less surprised when the event actually happens and you go, oh, my God, what have I done when they step on stage?
0: Yeah, because as we often talk about here, you want to be the best prepared in your lighting as you can because in any type of show, service, whatever, there's likely to be some kind of surprise. Something's gonna happen that you may not have expected. And so if you've got your stuff together, then when that surprise happens, you can more easily figure out what to do.
2: And if you're, if you don't have access to a venue, again, one of the things I did when I was coming up is I went to Hobby Lobby or Michael's or one of those stores. I bought a little, I, my, my college friends used to call him my boyfriend. Um, he was a little mannequin. Um, little bendy guy that was made out of wood. Oh, one of those guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. one of those like bendy guys. And you can put him on a table and go get three flashlights from the dollar store. And again, a gel book. It's a really great tool to have even in the world of LEDs. And you can start to put those colors in and move the flashlights around and see which colors work really great in this little micro model basically on your kitchen table um, and then by the time you get into the venue because that that time's very valuable you can already know you know these are the colors I want to use and it just helps with experimentation as you're learning like don't be afraid to go to practice at your house you have the tools with a couple of flashlights um, and it will really just help open your mind up to the full possibilities when you don't have you know a lot of gear at your disposal
0: hey David here at this point, we decided it was probably a good time to wrap up and we'd uh, beat the idea of color to a pulp. So here we are back just talking about our last few tips when using color.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to get out what you put in every time. So if you want to try to rush something through, especially with most of – I mean, I came up in technical theater for the most part and then took 19 years off <laughs> and then came back to a whole different world – Um but I come across a lot of people in, in my experience over the past couple of years who expect that they're just going to be able to whip something together really quickly. And, uh, and I agree with Crystal that sitting back. I mean, if you're interested in an, enough in lighting that you're purchasing, spending money and spending time doing it, then I feel like one of the first things that you should do is just sit back. And even if you have just, like, an RGB LED fixture, shine it on a wall and listen to some of your favorite music and just look at different colors, experiment, just like Crystal said, and just see what, like, emotionally affects you the most and see, like, what you get into. Because ultimately, lighting design is an art, and if you're doing it, that makes you an artist And you should sink yourself as deeply into that as you can so that you can produce the best work that you're capable of doing.
0: Yeah. I think that's great. A couple quick things as we're wrapping up here. Um, First thing is um if you are interested in, in learning more about kind of the theater side and going deep into the weeds on this kind of stuff um I would suggest checking out the podcast Light Talk. Do you listen to Light Talk Crystal? Light Talk is awesome and they've kind of emulated Car Talk. They're they're really funny at least for, you know, lighting nerds like us. Um, they're hilarious and, and but they have so much good substance in their podcast. I know it's really taken off and they just offer that it's a great resource out there. Um so just to recap, we've talked about a whole bunch of stuff And I don't want you, you know, we definitely don't want you to get caught up in the weeds of the nuances of percentages and trying to implement everything we've talked about today. But, you know, just trying to remember um, that the only rule is be safe, right? The only rule in what we do is be safe. And other than that, experiment, have fun, and try new things with color like like i said at the beginning guys today we've had james and crystal with us from ntech enttec.com they make some of the finest led products controllers um all kinds of cool stuff go check them out you've probably heard about them here on the podcast before and you'll hear about them again but they make really great stuff so definitely give that a check out thank you guys for being here today and uh, we'll see you next week here on the
2: podcast